When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hoop ballers. Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls and the area around them. Let's talk about manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the Lawn Mower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the Gooch. It is hard to get to the Gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then... Check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. Hoopball20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah. That's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article in the wager pass as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Let them know that we sent you. Hell, specifically type in my name. I want them to know. But most importantly, you got to let them know what podcast that is. And it is Today in Sports Betting. You let them know that we sent you. And then we, as a family, get to grow. And then we get to set you up to reap more benefits. And that is what's important to us because we are here to help you win money. And that is why we recommend my bookie. Their slogan is bet, win, get paid. And it's quite simply that easy. Use Bitcoin to get going. That's a high recommendation of VM Center at Vince Miracle, our guy. It's a recommendation of me. It's so easy. Dan Bespris, the podfather, Aaron Bruski, the godfather, they get in there, they get going with Bitcoin, they get their money in and out, and it's easy peasy. Hootball's the promo code. Use that. Let them know that we sent you. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. Now, 
As a podcast, we have your balls and your bets covered. And without further ado, we have today in sports betting. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. another episode and another edition of today in sports betting i am your host devin ellington we're at d-a-l-e-007 on twitter don't forget the rest of the team and the other show compadres and components are over at hoopball gaming and then of course the mothership is going to be hoop-ball.com which is what makes this wonderful podcast possible and accessible for you. So, with that being said, don't forget the sponsors and the promo codes, mybookie.ag, got promo code HOOPBALL, HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, over there. And then Manscaped, go get your lawnmower 4.0, get some uh, cost cut off from us, 20% 20% off and free shipping if you use HoopBall20. I got my charging base ready to go on my vanity, right at the right corner of my mirror. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a user, frequent flyer of the Lawnmower 4.0. You should be as well. So go ahead and use that promo code while you can. All right. Usually we do a little bit more of an intro, but I'm going to cut the BS and get right to some of the, you know, meatiness of the show and just kind of cut back a bit today because I'm sure we're going to have insight abundant and opinions aflow with. Um, You've heard me speak about the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on our shows and new listeners. Hey, welcome in. Thank you for uh, everything. You know, Uh, thanks for the listen. Thanks for the ear. Thanks for the chance. This uh, college football contributor and his team, uh, they, man, I don't want to spill too many of the beans, but big, big honor to do the show today, first and foremost, for me. But to have uh, the success that this gentleman, the Colby D on Twitter, I will let him uh, do the curtain pulling of the wizardry and all that good stuff here in a second after I stop rambling, but... This guy is going to be offering some great college football insight. And without further ado, Colby Dant, the pick Dundee. Man, I wish I had a soundboard. I could just totally (laughs) roll a virtual, realistic red carpet out for you. Uh, But hey, uh, without the, you know, soundboard aside, you know, welcome to the show, Today in Sports Betting is welcome to have you on. And like I said, huge honor, man, huge fan in me and uh, looking forward to this episode here. Oh, well, thanks for having me, man. And I appreciate all those kind words you said. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of your show, man. It sounds like, uh, you know, I I did a little homework. I was checking out a few episodes, loved it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk uh, sports with you, man, or football, college football with you. Hey, we can talk whatever you want. We get cultural in here. We get... uh, well, probably into some territory that we shouldn't at times, but uh, hey, we talk about it all. Uh, movies, music, 
old stuff. I, hey, I know you're a big old Big 12 guy, so uh, we can dig into that a little bit. But, f- you know, first, tell us all about the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Tell us about your team, NC Nick. You know, just let, let's talk, you know, Patty C. Let, you know, let's have the, ca- the whole enchilada. Screw the beans. Spill the enchilada. Well, the Sports Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, that's, uh, t- I mean, it's all together as one family. But yes, the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, that's been going strong for 10 years. That was, was originally Sean and Ryan uh, on that show, Sean Stacking the Money Green. I, I check out the Sports Gambling Podcast for that. Um, and then I came into it, uh, I mean, I don't even remember the exact time, but probably around 2014 or 15. And uh, then, uh, you know, together we started. It just was a natural progression. I I love college football. They mostly handled pro. I like pro football, but I love college. But my heart's always been in college football and college basketball. So um, and then uh, Patty sees a childhood friend that played at uh, James Madison and he's my co-host and uh, NC Nick is my brother. So we were doing that anyway. It's like I tell you know, people that, uh, yes, I didn't have a microphone in front of my face to talk into, but uh, me and Patty C and NC Nick and a bunch of other of my siblings and friends were, were basically doing the college experience with, without, uh, without, you know, an audience. We were just doing it on an email chain and through phone conversations and stuff like that. So uh, the shoe fit when we started the college football experience and the college basketball experience and, uh, it's been, it's been a good thing going. So, uh, and, and all of that comes back from, uh, I do stand up, and that's how I met Sean Green, uh, the guy who created the Sports Gambling Podcast, him and Ryan Kramer. I met, I, I knew both of them prior to ever, ever uh, doing any business with them. It was uh, just uh, when you, out here as comics in LA. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. So I, you know, actually got that in my notes here is, you know, the first two things about you, because I mean, you are dichotomous to say the least, and you cover some ground and, you know, put out some great content. The comedian and writer stuck out to me because I appreciate a good writer, you know, just the way to write stuff uh, can be very communicative, informative, and also uh, hard to do sometimes. So, to see someone that does it as well as you and to have that comedian background, you know, that's obviously a unique touch to have within the college football spectrum. And uh, originally from the East coast, if I remember right, uh, Washington, DC. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you uh, like the Colorado Buffaloes, but you're a diehard ECU fan, correct? Yeah. I mean, okay. So my, my, my oldest brother's a diehard Notre Dame, was a diehard Notre Dame fan. I mean, I, I guess as progression in life, he still likes Notre Dame, but not the same level. Um, and in 1990, they played, or 89 and 90, they played in the national championship against one another. So as me being, you know, at the time, like a six or seven year old, I would just root for whatever the opposite of my brother. Cause you know, it's a brotherhood, you know, he would, punch you in the face and, you know, throw a football at you and stuff like that. So you kind of naturally or, you know, I, you're watching Scooby-Doo. He just come turn off Scooby-Doo and put on, you know, Die Hard or something. So um, <laughs> you see, my point is like there yeah. was this you naturally just wanted to root. You wanted to see, you know, when you're young, you want to see your brothers kind of fail in a way. <laughs> I know that sounds evil, but that's that's, that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, obviously, later in life that changes. But at that point, 
you want them to be in misery a little bit. So uh, I became a Colorado fan just naturally having nothing, knowing nothing. You know, I'd, you know, probably watched it's probably the first real college football memory I have is 89 uh, uh, national championship. And uh, from there, I just said, hey, I'm going to root for this team. I, li- I like their uniforms, too. So that was kind of how that came to fruition. And then East Carolina, because I-, I spent time there. So, yeah. Also cool yeah. uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. There we go, man. <laughs> um, and some really neat players. So I love the fact that you got old Big 12 ties or interests, to say the least. Uh, you know, because I, growing up in Oklahoma, I uh, grew up an Oklahoma State fan. And uh, not the popular thing to do. Of course, it was Sooner Country and all that good stuff. Uh, But uh, I got a set of glasses from 1991. And it's the old Big 12 with all their logos and everything. It's pretty cool. Colorado's on there and uh, all the old lettering and all that good stuff. So I always appreciate another good Big 12 appreciator. Yeah, I mean, to me that, I mean, it's a shame that uh, I don't even understand it, how that how that came apart you know i mean i know i can read the stories and stuff like that but it makes uh it it, unfortunately it was like uh you know uh it's like we had larry the cable guy on the show recently and he said it's all about the money and he was talking about how nebraska uh went for the money and by doing that they really hurt their football program and and i agree i mean Colorado, Nebraska, and A&M are supposed to be in the Big 12 to me. Or not, you know, like I get it. The Big 12 didn't last. It, they weren't 100 years strong. You know, they started in 1996. But before that, it was the Big 8. And I, and I appreciate the Big 8. And Texas, in my opinion, Texas and Texas A&M should be playing every year. Nebraska and Oklahoma should be playing every year. Um, Colorado, Nebraska should be playing every year. And mm. And I'll say this, I, I don't know how old you are, man, but uh, in the late 90s, I really felt like from about 96 to probably 01 or 02, I thought it was the best conference in football. Um, now, it, periodically through the rest of, of the years, I thought they had maybe one or two years where they were the best. You could argue them as the best. But I thought from 96 to about 02, um, they were the premier conference in college football. And it's a shame that we, we don't have those battles anymore. And, and I, I, it's, I even think like there was a West Coast bias on the Big 12. Uh, you know, if you go back to 1999, and I'll argue this with anybody, they put Virginia Tech and, and Florida State in the national championship. And I thought Nebraska was the best team in the country. And I hate, look, I grew up rooting for Colorado. I hated Nebraska, but I thought they were the best team in the country. They were at 11 and one, and they beat the only team they lost to in the Big 12 championship. And most conferences, only the SEC and the Big 12 had conference championships. So uh, Virginia Tech represented the Big East, which was just a laughable conference, in my opinion. They were undefeated. They had Michael Vick. But you want to talk about proof that there's a West Coast bias, or not even West Coast, but West, going West. I, I was... I'm still mad about that. I put it like that. I, I'm like, this is ridiculous that Florida State and the ACC, which wasn't very good that year either, it, that would be the equivalent of like Alabama last year or, or Alabama this year if they ran the table in the SEC. Not, or, or if they went, if, let's say they lose to Auburn, but win the SEC championship mm. and not make the, the, not be even talked about for the, for the national championship. It's pretty ridiculous in my opinion. So, I hate to give Nebraska credit, but I got to do it there. But uh, no, the, the Big 12 was great, and it's a shame that uh, – I mean, look, I still enjoy it now, but I do think West Virginia just doesn't doesn't fit in. 
And uh, I don't mind the TCU edition, but um, yeah, it's a shame that the conference doesn't have uh, the old, the old teams in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's got a certain heartstring connection to it. I, you know, one of the first things you brought up was A&M in Texas. One, the, some of my favorite Thanksgiving memories is watching that game at like 11 a.m., uh, you know, on a Thursday. Um, so the, I really liked watching those games growing up. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had the same thought. You know, I'm, sounds like you got a couple more years on me, uh, but we don't have to date, e- uh, <laughs> date each other uh, uh, age-wise. But uh, um I wish I had some of the college football memories that you have is uh, all I'll say. And, uh, you know, I'm looking and it's funny. I got my Phil Steele magazine open right now. And like I had it open before the show because I was actually looking at this team, Uh, Nebraska. (laughs) It's so crazy that you said that. And uh, I had highlighted the Oklahoma game, September 18th. And uh, very, very neat and nostalgic that we're actually going to get to see that this year. Yeah, I mean, and they tried to get out of it. <laughs> I don't know if you know <laughs> yeah. that. They tried yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. But I think more more so uh, them trying to get out of it was the fact of the expectations of them to make a bowl. I mean, I, I think that's ridiculous that they were trying to get out of it. But uh, I, I am glad to see that back on the schedule. I mean, those games, man, uh, were very fun to watch throughout the years. And, I mean, I remember whether it was – Oklahoma uh, and Nebraska in the eighties or in the early two thousands or late, uh, probably early two thousands because Oklahoma kind of struggled in the mid nineties, but um, then Colorado, Nebraska too. I mean, that was one that was like one versus two, a lot of the nineties and same with uh, you know, some of those years with A&M. So yeah, it's, I'm glad to see that game back, but it's, it, it still should be one that should happen every year. If you ask me, if you, if I know college football would never have a commissioner, um, there's too much just chaos between conferences and stuff. I mean, in a perfect world, there'd be a commissioner and I would make, uh, games like that mandatory Texas, Texas A&M on Thanksgiving mandatory, you know, uh, Pitt, West Virginia, mandatory, Colorado, Oklahoma, mandatory, Colorado, Nebraska, mandatory, you know, like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. I think it's a big year for Nebraska and, and I'm actually, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm actually more so than my co-host. I, I think Scott Frost is going to have a better year than most people are projecting. Yeah, fourth year, obviously, with the weird COVID situation last year, um, kind of stunted everyone. But, you know, Scott Frost probably got a little bit more than that. Obviously, Martinez coming back is huge. Uh, Ten defensive starters returning. So, yeah, man. Um, and I like where your head is at with the uh, commish, you know. I, and, hey, I would endorse it. Um, I've, I've heard your takes on the uh, removing the NFL stadium BS out of all the uh, college football spectrum, you know, like you said, those games should be played in traditional uh, good old college football facilities, stadiums, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the neutral site games, uh, the neutral site games have been just, just to me, I, I, I can't stand them. Like they're corporate NFL game. They're, why did I get in my like, why do I love college football? If, if or let the lay person asked me, why did I fall in love with the sport? It's because it's everything the NFL is not, you know, like you will see schematic NFL is a copycat league. Maybe back in the seventies or eighties was it innovating, but uh, you, 
back in the 90s, you when I tuned in or 80s, whatever, you would see uh, the air raid against the triple option. You would see all these different uh, Spurrier's fun and gun, you know, against, uh, you know, run heavy LSU back in the day. So, I mean, like you would that that's part of the fun, but also the college experience. That's why I called it my podcast, the college football experiences, because that's why I mean, a game at, at Penn State or Virginia Tech or wherever, you know, uh, all these great places throughout America that football, the crowds are they're not like NFL games. NFL games are corporate. To me, it's almost like going to a corporate party and and college football has no place in that. College football is about, you know, the, the history and the passion of these fan bases that have been there for a long, long time. And uh, I, I, I want to vomit every time I see these games like Clemson, Georgia is a good rivalry. Don't play that in Charlotte. Play that on their home campuses. Um, even Miami, Alabama. I mean, they're not rivals, so to speak, but they played in a national championship. So that you could key in on that game, but you put it in, in Atlanta. Can't stand it. Um, yeah, there's not one that I'll, I'll endorse, really. There's really not one. I, I, I have a bold take on this. But I, and another thing is I don't believe, call me crazy, but football started uh, a long time ago with the University of Rutgers, and the, it was designed to be outdoors. So I, I don't believe. I think it hurts the fan experience. If you've been to a game in a dome, I think it sucks. And I think from a viewing standpoint, I think it sucks. And I think the elements uh, being involved with football uh, is the way it was intended. So I, I, I have a bold take on all of that stuff. So I get it. People, some people really disagree with me, but at the same time, uh, I, I think it, it hurts college football, these neutral site games that are always in domes more than it helps it. I'm definitely not into domes just kind of like you are. So, you know, some of the best college football stadiums, you know, or the old, nice, just like you said, the we'll, we'll tie it all to Rutgers, just that old bones historical aspect. So, uh, man, and, and uh, just imagine the players of Clemson and uh, Dabo in front running down the hill to come face Georgia, dabbing up the rock, you know, uh, like knowing yeah. that at the bottom of the hill uh, that they got to defend, you know, they're charged, they're pretty much like charging into battle against their foe against Georgia. Yeah. You know? Or like, between the hedges. I mean, these are two yeah. of the greatest. Play- I mean, it's disgusting to me. You put this game on the like, and that one's even outdoors. That's not even a dome game, but I'm just like, I'm not on board. All right. I went and saw, uh, I mean, I've seen enough of these games. I've, I've, whether it's through via television or, uh, or just being there in, uh, you know, in, in, in experience, I went to Boise state, Virginia tech. That was at uh, uh, FedEx field in, in, in uh, Maryland. They should have played it at Lane. I mean, it was a great game. It was at, on the field. It was a great game, but they should have should have been at Lane Stadium or on the Smurf turf, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh man, college football just right around the corner. Um, listeners, new listeners, this is Colby Dant at the Colby D with the college experience. In case you missed it earlier, or you fast forwarded when you shouldn't have. I mean, you shouldn't in general. But uh, anyways, yes. We are talking college football and just pretty much like the process and the success that uh, Colby's had getting into this um, atmosphere in this industry, which can be very volatile and tough from time to time. So I think it's important, you know, and everyone can say what they want, but a process overall, you know, 
you can have a process based around chaos, but as long as you got a little bit of a process, I think you're going to be all right. Now, this is my first structured question, Colby. We just kind of been shooting the shit and uh, been having fun. So I kind of got off track. I uh, didn't expect to have a nice uh, take on old big eight, 10 and 12 uh, uh, conversation about that conference. So um, over the past, you know, we'll round it up like five years, four years, you've really carved out this immense success and winning results from the college experience with these season previews. So with so much information within college sports, how strongly do you feel it is to have a process in place? Uh, and if, if so, how is it that you stay true to your process that you've put into place? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, the process that I really do is like, I mean, it's, it, and it might change this year because I mean, the process I'm doing is the same, but I'm curious how it will shake out because of, uh, the extra year of eligibility and all the stuff that happened with COVID. So it, it makes it really challenging as you like the, every team has like 20 starters coming back. I feel like <laughs> so normally, normally you can tell more besides this wacky year we've been in in the past year. So, uh, yes, but I'm sticking to that process. But I will say, like, I am more nervous for this year than other years because traditionally I look at returning starters. Are they returning the offensive line? Are they returning the defensive line? Uh, what do I think about the coach? What do I think about the schedule from a season ago? Did they get lucky with the teams they drew from the other side of the division or they're out of conference slate? Did they get lucky in general with the games? Did they win by two or three or, uh, you know, those all factor in, but returning starters normally tell me the most and especially on the offensive defensive line. Now I stick to true to that. And I feel like that's been a big key to our success. Um, obviously there's still eye tests when you're watching throughout the season, but, uh, but I will say this year more than any year that like most teams have like 17, 18 starters back. That does not normally happen. So it makes it a bit harder to uh, to really grasp how this season will plan out. But that's all a result of COVID. I mean, can can you really even say that like Washington State had a season last year? They played like three or four games right. and some of them were scheduled on like a uh, on a Friday. They played on a Sunday morning. So it's like they got like a trampled by USC, I believe. But I'm like, does that? They had, to, they had to travel to L.A. on the fly. Like, they thought they were going to be playing, I think at the time, I think they thought they were going to be playing, like, Cal or something or someone else, right, or Arizona State. And they just, on Friday, they said, hey, you're playing USC. So now you have to quickly, you don't even really get to prepare, right? So it's like, is that even count as a season last year? <laughs> you know, like, uh, so it's tricky because then you see all those returning starters and you say, well, I kind of like that's just one team, for example. Well, normally if I base it off my, my system that I traditionally look at year after year, that would say, Hey, that means a lot, but those guys only got like three or four starts last year. Does, that doesn't count as a season. I don't think that it's this year could be wacky. I, I, I think I'm going to be fine, but uh, my system, yes. Do I stay consistent? But I, if there's ever going to be an outlier, it would probably be this year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone thought last year would be the outlier. No, no, this year is going to be the crazy one. Um, lots of, uh, super seniors, lots of, like you said, returning starters and, uh, coaching staffs, I think are going to be 
I mean, coaching staffs are always an important thing for me to keep an eye on also uh, in general, just because I like to be in the, in the know-abouts. So um, looking forward to all of the madness that is to come. Eye test is probably my heaviest tool on a week-to-week basis or day-to-day basis within college football, either viewing it, enjoying it, or handicapping it. So I'm really excited to just watch some football. Uh, you touched on schedules there in your answer real briefly, Colby. And I actually, I've got a note down here and I transcribed it through, uh, you know, I've referenced it a couple times now. And it's no secret, but, you know, Phil Steele's magazine. It's just, it's great. I love it. And I've got some of the easiest schedules written down. You know, some of the teams towards the bottom having the uh, 125th through 130th uh, hardest ranked schedule. And there's some teams in here, a group of teams in here um, that are interesting. UT San Antonio, the Roadrunners, uh, 125. And then going on down, we got Boston College, 126. Florida International, 127. Kentucky at 128, which Kentucky plays two Sunbelt teams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Northwestern at 129. And then, of course, these are, I love Coastal Carolina. I love these Teal Cox. 130. Uh, the Chanticleers on the easiest schedule uh, per Phil, uh, Phil Steele. Uh, any opinions on any of those teams in there, Colby, or do you have a uh, hot take on any of that grouping? Um, well, I mean, I could uh, talk trash about Kentucky's. I mean, <laughs> I agree with a lot of the other. I think Boston College could have a really good year if, uh, considering if they can win some of these somewhat 50 50 games schedules, not, not uh, really challenging. So I expect them to, to have a good year, but I mean, Phil Steele has his thing and, and he, look, he's great. I, I've been a fan since the nineties, but I also released my top 10 hardest schedules uh, on sports So check it out. Sorry. I got to shamelessly plug, but um, by all means, of course, that can, the Kentucky wildcat one. I mean, it's, it's uh, actually, it's one Sunbelt team and one former Sunbelt team. So it's Louisiana Monroe, and they're one of the worst teams in the nation. They're on UMass level. Mm -hmm. Now, they're breaking in a brand-new head coach in Terry Bowden, which I think was a good hire, but it's going to take time, and that's the first game of the season, so that that game's disgusting to me. And then uh, the the real one is they get New Mexico State, and look, I don't know what – for some reason, the SEC loves to schedule New Mexico State. They're an independent, and they played in the FCS spring season this past – March and they they lost to Tarleton State, if if memory serves me correct, I think by twenty six points. Uh, I could be it, it was in the twenties. I'll say that. And Tarleton State was very new to the FCS. The season yeah. before they were in the uh, they were D two. Just to give you an idea, and and I believe New Mexico State plays back to back weeks at Alabama and at Kentucky. I just find that like, come on. And this is look, I get it. The SEC East is, or I'm sorry, the SEC West. That's another thing. Is Kentucky plays in the SEC East, so they really have, like, to me, it, that's a laughable schedule. Um, but the SEC West is a really hard conference, um, or division, I should say. And uh, but at the same time, like, you, there, I, I saw Nick Saban giving a couple years ago talking about fan attendance is down, right? When, mm-hmm. when they're playing the Citadel or something, it's like, well, why do you think? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, I get it. Your team's unbelievably talented and I'm not trying to come at Bama fans. You're probably the best team in the nation this year, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the reality is no one wants to see that. I wouldn't pay 
$10 to watch that. I would not pay $10 to watch that. And then you got to think about you're missing all the other games. You got to drive to it. You know, like uh, uh, it's expensive for the beers if they're even selling beers. But then there's a tail like it's a big process. And I just think it's hilarious that they that, you know, he was outspoken about it saying, well, you, you we need our fans for every one of our games. I'm like, OK, well, don't schedule New Mexico State. If you if you replace New Mexico State, you know, a UCF would jump on that, you know, a, a, a whatever a Memphis would jump on that, a Houston, someone you'd find someone right. That's decent. That I, I, and Bama would still probably win by 28, but at least the fans would say, huh, well, Houston's sitting here at seven and one. Let's go see this thing. You know, like I, I, I just find those schedules ridiculous. And a lot of times I know. How about this? I'm, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but the committee has stated that winning in November means more than winning in October and September. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tell me why. Do they state that and then they let the SEC schedule an FC? Like if you look at it, uh, Kentucky plays New Mexico State in November. Alabama plays New Mexico State in November. Uh, I want to say I want to say what Louisiana Monroe plays LSU in November. Um, So they 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 load the deck, in my opinion, um, on on the games in November. And I mean, I don't I don't know if I should blame them or I should say other conferences need to do this. So but I'm just saying, like, how do if you're on the committee and you see LSU playing ULM on November 20th, uh, Texas A&M is playing uh, Prairie View on November 20th. Right. Um, Old Miss is playing now. Actually, Old Miss did, did it right this year. They got Liberty. They Liberty. probably scheduled that to ahead say, of time. They yeah, play, yeah, they're Liberty that that part of the season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a, but oh, Mississippi yeah. State is Tennessee State. Eddie George is year one, but I'm saying like that's November 20th. Um, a lot of these games to me are you sit there and you say, what the hell is this? I mean, uh, Charleston Southern's playing Georgia. Wow. You you can go team by team on this and, and say what. Well, you're saying these wins in November mean more. Well, the other conferences are risking more then, because why? Why would every conference not do this? Either like I like I said, I don't know whether I want to blame the SEC or blame the committee, because I feel like the committee should sit there and say, no, they should be doctored for this. You know? Absolutely, I agree. I mean, you don't you you see these other conferences in the middle of, like you know, in the muck, you know, uh, you know, just going through the brute challenges of conference season and uh you got people just shelling people out left and right just round robin just kicking the shit out of each other and uh then you got like you know georgia like you said playing charleston southern and uh it's crazy that that's schedule wide and it's it's almost like a bye week um or maybe a way to let some development of players happen for the whole con. I think it's better than a bye week because yeah. if you, if Florida plays Samford on November 13th, if you win 70 to nothing, it's still an impression being made. You mm-hmm. won by 70 points. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those people in the committee say, Hey, this team is looking great. Even if it's Samford, they're saying, Oh, they put up 70. You know what I mean? So it's like, what? I, I just don't understand the lot. I've always had a problem with it though. Cause I, I as much as I love college football, you know, it has been about the dollars and, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, that that's the dark side of college football to me 
But like I said, I don't even know if I blame Sankey. I might just blame the, I blame the committee more so for stating that, because if you're stating that, then then I start to say, well, what the hell? Every other conference should have a meeting to tomorrow and, and schedule as bad as you can in November. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, get on it. Um, I think that maybe with the expansion, they'll come, there's going to come more uh, what, scrutiny, I would say, hopefully, um, since we're going to have more teams involved. And I, I would say hopefully different perceptions of some of these smaller teams and people that we advocate for, like Liberty, uh, you know, and Coastal Carolina. You know, imagine those teams being involved um, in a 12-team playoff. You know, the Cincinnati's, the Houston's, the Boise State's, and the crazy fluke teams that just come out of nowhere, you know? I mean, um, that, that should happen, right? I mean, this is yeah. America, right? We give everyone a chance, right? Options. So um, you got to fake it till you make it and uh, or something like that. Make it, then fake it, I, I think, is what, <laughs> is what, you know, a lot of teams do in the college football playoff uh, sometimes. And, uh, and, and we're going to see, hopefully, um, just kind of like an overall balance. I, I, I feel for it. You know, I feel for college football. It's in a, a pretty peculiar spot right now. Um, Obviously, you can tie a lot to that with, you know, last year, but um, change was to come uh, inevitably, I believe, in this game. And I'm just glad that most of it's trying to stay true to what it is. Less domes, less domes. We, we don't need any new construction <laughs> of dome stadiums. Exactly. Exactly. Syracuse, please go back to that old outdoor stadium you played at in the uh, I don't even mind one dome team because I think it creates like a, a weird identity. But, you know, the NFL, like they're talking about making Soldier Field a dome. That's oh, goodness. if that ha- that's like that's I, like, you know, yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, that, that's a that is it. George Hallis is rolling over in his grave. Ugh, dome. Are you serious? <laughs> it, it, it's too cold. That's what all the NFL players are saying. I mean, that's the, honestly, that's the best thing about the 12 team playoff. I mean, look, I was shocked when they went to 12, but uh, I've long lobbied that. I mean, the LSU, their last two national championships, they've played in pretty much their home stadium. I mean, at the the Superdome, which Mm -hmm. is 45 minutes or an hour from Baton Rouge. That's an advantage, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like that, the, the, it should be, that's why I hate the Bulls, death to all bowl games. I, I, all of them to me, I would, I would get rid of them all. All uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with getting, yeah. I mean, look, if you want to make the Rose Bowl the national championship, uh, sure, uh, sign me on board. But to me, they hold too much power and they ruin a lot. Of, they, they, it's funny that they they say keeping the tradition. I, I say, you know, in a weird way, they kind of uh, they kind of hurt the tradition yeah. of college football. You know, like I think you, you look at it and say, well, because of their power, we haven't gotten to a fair system where great fan bases have been neglected. You know what I mean? And And it's not right. And uh, if we were to apply that to any other sport, uh, then maybe USA never beats Russia in 84 because they never play. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, App State never beats Michigan. Then I mean, that was a, a regular season game. Whatever you want to do, Jimmy Valvano, uh, the yeah. NC State, any upset in, in, the, in the history of sport. UNBC, Virginia. Yes, exactly. I mean, you can just go one by one. I mean, the Patriots losing in the Super Bowl to the Giants mm. in 2007. That 
and I and I know the argument they'll say, well, they were the best team in the I, I don't know. I don't know. They play in the AFC East. That's been terrible for a long time, and especially during that era. Um, so I I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, and I think uh, everything should be proven on the field, not in a classroom or a, you know some type of committee or something. So right. um, I, I'm very anti bowl game though. I, I like to me it's like. I am excited at the thought of seeing a playoff game in Madison, Wisconsin. I thought that it's already f- for, you know, a hundred years has favored teams in uh, specifically really like Florida, Louisiana, Texas, California, probably. I mean, I, I know that the Rose Bowl is probably the only key one in California, but uh, you know, so the, what the, the games, there's one in Arizona. I know Arizona and Arizona state would never play in that. And that's probably their fault, but um <laughs> my point is the, the LSU thing they've played a, a home game essentially in two national championships and won both that to me is a problem. Like that's a problem. And, and why is it never, uh, you know, in some of the other stadiums, like I, and I want to say Miami might've played one. I think that Miami's played some in Miami. Some that's an advantage. Bowls, yeah. 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 That's an advantage to me. And I think it's silly. I think it's yeah. silly and, and it needs to be corrected. And, and I'm excited. Even, even with the 12 team model of having four home games that could potentially be in like Salt Lake city or South bend or whatever, I think that's uh or Norman, Oklahoma or Stillwater. You know what I mean? Like that to me um, is better for the sport. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like where your head is at. And you know, another point to consider on all that is when you've got these different bowls and you know, there's two sides of it for me because greedily and selfishly and gluttonously, I enjoy the bowl games, <laughs> uh, but on the realism side and understanding the way that it affects college football and for me to be a true fan of the college football system or, you know, college football in general, the bowls are bad for it. Um, when these panels and committees are putting these teams in different bowl games and all that, you know, there's these different businesses and, uh, companies and that's what they are we'll just break it down to minimal science you know that they're trying to appease by fitting teams into these little peg holes and all that good stuff and that one against this one to get this matchup and this draw and ooh and ah you know you're trying to appease so many different people and you're losing you know sight on actually picking you know winners or good i think teams and whatnot so yes i would piggyback that notion of yours any day good sir and look, I mean, look, I'll still watch the bowl games because it's football. You know what I mean? They could put, uh, you know, I'll watch any type of football, man. But um, I just think like it's a loaded deck too. like we saw. Uh, I think when under Leach, it was at Wazoo one year and they went like 11 and two yep. and they put like a nine win Florida team in. And in, 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 I forget the name of the bowl, but but my point is, is that. That, that's another, another thing is that's what that's what I think of the Bulls is because I always forget the names of the Bulls uh, of which ones. I mean, I, I could name off the, the bowl games, but I don't remember which team played in which one. But um, uh, yeah, I just think that, that they like last year, they could have easily paired Oklahoma with A&M. Right. Yes. We all would have want to see it. It was a big 12 throwback. They don't do that. They put North Carolina with A&M and they put Oklahoma with Florida. I just thought like North Carolina should have been playing Florida, especially if you look at the records, Oklahoma should have been playing A&M. So like it just made no sense to me. It, uh, Florida lost the final game uh, to LSU, I believe, and they dropped one spot. 
That was ridiculous to me. LSU was a four and five team at the time. So like the, to me, they load the deck. There's too much politics involved with that shit. So it's like it's like the fans wanted to see a better game, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess what, what I just thought that it, they really failed. And they, but they do that every year. Uh, UCF should have been playing the year UCLA. UCF had Mackenzie Milton go down the final the final game of the season against South Florida before their before their AAC championship, which they mm-hmm. won against Memphis. They were undefeated. They'd won 25 straight games. Yeah. And they they were going to play. They should have played Florida. If you look at the way this, this stuff aligns ranking wise, they should have played Florida. Uh, they didn't play Florida. They played they, Auburn that year. No, they, they oh. went. They played LSU in Arizona. I actually went to that game, but oh, yeah. but that made no sense. And the only thing I can think of and call me the conspiracy theorist over here was that I. I the to me, like they did not want like Florida's athletic director has a lot of power. He's in the he's in the playoff committee. Uh, you know, like mm. I think they didn't want to play that game. I, th- I purposely think they didn't want to play that game, because if you lose that game, not only is it bad for recruiting, I just thought they wanted to give UCF a death blow too, and have them go all the way to Arizona. And that that, that game would have been played in, I believe, Atlanta. Uh, had they played Florida, I think Atlanta. Uh-huh. If, if not Atlanta, then New Orleans, which would have been much closer for, for fans to travel. But I just thought it was uh, they do this every year, man. If you look at it, like I said, I think Oklahoma A&M should have been the matchup last year. If you look at the rankings and to me, they do it every year. And, and I, I just don't trust the process. There's there's politics behind going on. That's what I hate about bowl games. It's like, let's choose these two teams. Right. It's like, hmm. I mean, there's a Jimmy Kimmel Bowl this year, dude. Oh, my the, the best team in the Mountain West plays in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Talk about and you're wondering why players are sitting out. I, I can't even look. I mean, I would play personally if it was me. But at the same time, like, I can't blame them. It's kind of a useless game. <laughs> right. Right. Especially if you've got NFL talent, you know, or aspiration. Like you're just one freak, you know, jumping of the snap playoff of, you know, your Achilles popping. Like, I mean, it happens to the best of conditioned guys and athletes. And um, it's just minimizing risk essentially. And, you know, you can't blame it. Like you said, um, Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Wow. I guess I, that one flew over my head. I missed the news on that, uh, being announced. So, well, even worse is imagine you go, well, you win the mountain West, which, you know, I, I get it. It's not a power five conference, but I think it's a good football conference. I actually think it's a little underrated mm-hmm. and that's your reward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? I wonder what the spiff or promo or the merch or the stuff that they give the kids is going to be. Yeah. For, yeah. You're going to get like a Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel and Chewy, <laughs> like bobblehead set. Yeah. And exactly. like a, a coffee mug and uh, like a uh, ticket um, to the show and probably like a voucher to a local buffet. Exactly. Exactly. Ticket to the show. You know, and you you go there, and and there'll be someone that they don't even care about probably on the show. It'll be like I don't know, so some you'll see like, like Carson Daly, yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> on the show, and you're just like, oh, great, this is this is great. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I just find that ridiculous. That's why I mean, I'm I'm in favor of a large playoff, as I think you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'll still be watching because I love sports and I love football especially. So, um, 
sign me up for it. But do I think it's 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 long overdue to say, you know, essentially get the hell out of here bowl games? I, I think it's long overdue. And I think they, they've I don't know if you know this, but like even for college football, like they, they keep playing the playoffs on on uh, on New Year's Eve. Right. Right. And we have a sample size now of that being a horrible time to play college football games because people are occupied. Even guys that are college football fans, their wives, their families want them to be celebrating. So they don't have the luxury sometimes in they in being able to watch the game. Right. Mm hmm. And so we have seen bad ratings happen on that day, but the Rose Bowl holds that hostage. So it's amazing to me in 2021 that so this year, this this upcoming year, it is on. We are going to have playoff games on New Year's Eve, which is dumb because we've already seen that format fail. Right. As far as financially, you could be making more money, more viewership. If the Rose Bowl didn't hold you hostage. Well, guess what? I've everyone I've met in my life, with the exception of like two or three people, could give a could give a shit about the Rose Bowl, right? If the game's played at the Rose Bowl. I'm saying like if that game's played, if you play that game down the road, played at the Coliseum three days later, no one cares. As long as they can see the game. Like to to sit there and have these people dictate the terms and make the sport less profitable and marketable is ridiculous to me. And and to me, it's like, yeah, okay, it's the Rose Bowl. All right. You want to be like this? You don't want that that game and that tradition? Well, guess what? You know, we're a, a gigantic enterprise, essentially college football. Let's 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 show them, show them our power. Mm. Have fun with your parade. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I, I don't know. I just I've always hated that. That And once you learn more and more, I feel like I, I went probably 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I didn't realize that they they hold that much of a stranglehold on college football. And I say, why? At what point do you just I know? I mean, that's why I'm excited about potentially what could happen. And, and even if they that we go to the 12 team playoff in three years or two years, whatever they're saying. Yes, the bowl games will be on board from what I understand. But there's a high chance of once that contract go, goes out that they could be like, hey, I don't even think about a high chance. I think there's a, a, like a 50-50 of them being able to ditch the bowl games. And I, I would support that 100%. We had success before them, uh, but definitely have had some uh, exciting ones. But just because of circumstance and they were a part of our existence as college football fans. But, I mean, hot, hot, hot takes – all over the place. And I agree with all of them. Um, you know, I, I was fearful that having you on the show today might create like a little bit of a twilight zone complex because I've been listening <laughs> to so much of your show lately, getting ready for college football season. But uh, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time frame to move into. Um, I think even at minimal expansion, the basic college football fan is going to look at it and say, wow, this is what we've been missing. Like these potential matchups, like even if we just go to a six or an eight team and I've always just been a proponent of, you know, six teams, like give us the power five champs and then throw in a wild card in there. I'm sure it's more complex than that, but if we can get there, we can probably get to 12 and so forth. So uh, of course, if you run for college football commish and they create that position, I believe you've got a movement here within the hootball community, and I'd be more than happy to maybe handle your campaign. I don't know. Don't, don't hold your breath, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
on their terms, on their terms. Yeah. Um, well, Colby, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get us on to the outer parts of this show just for the fact that I know you are super busy and uh, selfishly, I want to listen to more college football takes from you. So I'm going to let you record more of your shows. Um, so lastly here, guys, remember that this is the Colby D uh, the pick Dundee. Again, I wish I had the Dundee music for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can find him uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, host of the college experience, wherever you find all of your stuff. And uh, as far as podcasts, Colby, hey, I want you to plug away here, like I mentioned off air. And uh, just, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do this. And it was a huge honor, as I say, for the eighth or ninth time. Should have taken an over-under bet before we did the show. <laughs> no, thanks for, thanks for having me. And if you can, subscribe to the College Football Experience or if you're a college basketball fan, College Basketball Experience, but really the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We also have the SGPN app. Uh, you'll get all of our content there because really, like, yes, I host the College Football Experience, but... If you get the SGPN app, you'll get uh, it's free. You'll get all of our picks for free and uh, and all of our articles. There's articles written on on not only by me, several different writers talk, covering college football and college basketball and actually every sport. We just had someone cover the hot dog eating contest. Hell so uh, uh, not that I'm into that, but uh, someone else. Someone else is apparently. So, uh, uh, yeah, check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Sports Gambling Podcast, and I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited, and thank you for listening to the College Football Experience. Absolutely, man. And anytime you want to come on and grace the presence of the show, you just say so. I'd love to make it happen. And uh, looking forward to this college football season and having your content to listen to throughout the whole thing as I, you know, do my show and gain inspiration. So listeners, huge, huge show today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I, I know you enjoyed it. I'm not even going to put any doubt into it. I know you enjoyed it. I did. And don't forget, I'm humbly Devin Ellington or at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find all of the stuff that we put out as a team over there at hoop-ball.com. Like I said, for more exciting shows like this, great guests uh definitely follow the show on spotify review it all that good stuff uh send us a screenshot we'll do something nice for you uh on the apple side of things apple Podcasts, please and uh share and love and uh as always i'm sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies i hope you have a great safe day and if you can find a way to be kind to someone today Let's go out there. Let's have a nice profitable day and we will see you on the next one. Today in sports betting is out. This has been a hoop ball presentation.